experience of goodness. To know oneself is not just psychological awareness of one's own history and the patterns of our behavior or mind. This comes to light, incidentally. But self-knowledge itself is, let me suggest three things it is. First of all, it is the experience of being that is greater than our individual identity and story. In this experience of being who we are, we come to know that we belong to something and we grow in something, in a reality, that is greater than our own individual identity and bigger than the story that we are, that we tell about ourselves, our own life, the life that will be summarized in two or three minutes at our funeral. Secondly, we are part of this bigger story in a way that we can see but never fully grasp. If you think of the great epic narratives, scriptures like Mahabharata or the Bible itself, when we read these great works or look at some of these things, we are gripped by individual parts of the story and individual characters. We identify with them, we like them, we, we don't like them, we, we like not to like them. And this is true of ourselves, of course. But we're always reminded that they and we are part of a bigger story. We may be a kind of a self-contained subplot related to the big story, and each one of us, each human being, each particle of matter is meaningful for the whole cosmos. It's like a huge jigsaw puzzle, and if at the end of the day there was one piece missing from your jigsaw puzzle, you would feel, I haven't finished it, it's incomplete. It may only be a little bit of the sky in the top left-hand corner, but it was not completed. It fell out of the box when you bought it. So in the same way, every one of us, in terms of the meaning and the wholeness of the whole, is equally important to the final product, to the final story. Thirdly, self-knowledge gives us direct access to the meaning of virtue, of goodness. In chapter 12 of Romans, St. Paul says, My friends, I beg you by God's mercy to offer your very selves to him, the worship offered by mind and heart. Adapt yourselves no longer to the pattern of this present world, but let your minds be remade and your whole nature thus transformed, and then you will know what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Then you will know what is right. Then you will know what is good. When you have made this sacrifice, sacrificial offering of yourself, the worship offered by mind and heart, this is a contemplative understanding of sacrifice. You're not just giving up sweets. You are actually offering yourself. And we are all called to do that. We all do that in meditation. This, there's this contemplative understanding of sacrifice. And then, he says, then you have to 
uh, change the way you live, you adapt yourselves no longer to the pattern of this present world, you will be a little bit out of step with your culture, with, your, with the consumer culture. Your values will begin be distinguished from the popular values around you. And that will lead to a change, a transformation, a radical change within you. You'll be changed into who you truly are. And it's only then that you will know what is good. We know what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And it is this experience of goodness that is the source of values. Big corporations and organizations today are very often involved in writing up their values. It's easy to write up values. We do this for our business, of course. There's a list of something like 345 values you can choose from. You know, transparency, generosity, fairness, you know, equality, you know, all these nice things. The problem with these values, of course, is that although you may claim that these are the values by which you are living or working, it's nice when you do that on a workshop of values, but it's different when you go back to work and you find yourself in a very complex situation where you have to make a decision between two people or you have to decide whether you will come clean about something that is a bit... Uh, embarrassing in the company or in your life. So you say, well, it is my value to be transparent, but on this particular occasion, I think uh, maybe I shouldn't. I will be prudent instead. <laughs> so it's very easy to play around with values. So you just basically make yourself feel virtuous or ethical, but you don't actually live them. And I think what St. Paul is saying, what meditation teaches us is that you have to have this experience of goodness and personal transformation. You have to have the experience of your own essential goodness, the goodness of your own true self. Not that you're perfect, but that you know that in that level where you can be yourself, where you are yourself, you are good. You are one undivided person with the goodness of Christ who opens us to the goodness of God. Then there's another aspect to this, which is that it opens us, therefore, to all of the great virtues, justice, prudence, temperance, fortitude, four great Christian virtues. Very similar, again, in many different traditions, the five constants of Confucianism. Benevolence, justice, knowledge, integrity, and proper right, doing things in the right way, completing the rituals in the right way. We will understand the meaning of these virtues of civilized living. There's not much of it around today in public life anyway, we see the paucity, the, the inadequacy of these virtues in our leaders and in ourselves. Mm-hmm.